Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome in episode 16 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. I'm your host, Andy Dirt Johnson. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We finally know what the second round matchup is going to be for Portland. All that waiting last week. If you tune into episode 15, it was a Pretty strong slant on that podcast, thinking Cam Loops was going to be the next opponent, right? It just felt like that was going to be the matchup. No way Everett, the one seed in the Western Conference, could lose to the eight-seeded Vancouver Giants. But that's the beauty of playoff hockey. We waited. We saw the end of that series, and here we are. Round two, it is not Cam Loops in Portland. In round two, it is Portland and Seattle. we got a lot to get to on this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll talk with James Stefan here coming up in a bit, a guy who is likely to hear his name called relatively early in this summer's NHL draft. We'll get his thoughts on the series win over Prince George. Uh, I think he's got some family in town. His dad, obviously well-known in the hockey world, is, is in town watching him. So we'll dive into all that, the matchup against Seattle with James Stefan here in a few moments. And, of course, Nick Merrick will hop on the play-by-play man for the Hawks, as he does on every episode. And we'll get his thoughts and the behind-the-scenes of what's been going on over there at Winterhawks headquarters over the last uh, handful of days as they were waiting to see who that matchup was going to be against. And now we know it is Seattle. And boy, oh boy, what a series. What a second-round matchup for Portland. Not only are you here, and it feels great to have playoff hockey back in Portland, and that first uh, round was so fun to watch in the sweep over Prince George, but then you add the extra layer of you're getting to play your bitter rival from the north, the Seattle Thunderbirds, in round two. It's going to be amazing. A, a little backstory. For those who uh, forgotten or, you know, maybe you didn't watch too closely in the regular season, uh, Portland and Seattle, when, when you're in the same division, you just play each other a ton. So these two teams know each other extremely well. And down the stretch of the season, Portland really had Seattle's number. And it was a big reason why the Hawks ended up in the three seed in the Western Conference and Seattle ended up in the four seed. So you look at the last four matchups, uh, Portland won all four of them down the stretch, and they were really tight games, some of them in uh, Seattle. Portland won 5-4. That was the last time they faced off on April 2nd. That was a great game where Portland uh, slowly blew a big lead and then ended up coming out on top with a big third-period goal to get that 5-4 win. The other games were a 3-0 win at home on March 20th, a 4-1 win up in Seattle uh, on March 19th, and then a 3-2 shootout win in which they were down early and came back and won that game on Friday, March 11th. So they won four straight against Seattle down the stretch of the season and in the second half of the year. So you remember the WHL takes their holiday break eh, somewhere around the second, third week of December, and then you come back really at the end of December, and then you, you kind of launch towards the second half of the year into the playoffs. In the second half of the season, these two teams met nine times, and Portland won eight of those nine matchups. So they've really had Seattle's number. Should be noted that Seattle, for a lot of those games, was not at full strength. They had some guys away at World Juniors, some guys in and out of the lineup with injuries and trades and prospect games and all that. So they they would argue, the Seattle argument would be, hey, we weren't at full strength, and now we are. We feel ready for this series. 
And of all the first-round matchups, Seattle's uh, uh, five-game win over Kelowna in that first-round series was a very impressive result. I didn't quite see them dominating that series the way that they did. But Portland, you gotta be, you got to feel good, right? It's a rivalry matchup, but you've also played really well against this team late in the season. So they have a lot of confidence going in uh, to this matchup. And God, I just can't wait. Cannot wait. So for those who are curious uh, on the scheduling of it, now, th- this is kind of the bugaboo of WHO playoffs. When your building is going to be in use for other events outside of you know home ice and a hockey series, that can be kind of the tough part. We saw that in, in the Spokane series in round one where they had stuff going on at their building, so they had to play their first three games of their series on the road. It only ended up getting one home game out of it. Uh, so unfortunately for Portland, after fighting for that home ice all season, they're not going to start the series at home. Game one of this series will be Saturday night up in Seattle, a 6.05 puck drop. But then you do come back and you get game two and game three at home. Sunday, Mother's Day here on uh, May 8th, a 5 o'clock early start there on Sunday. And then Wednesday night, 7 o'clock game three before going back up to Seattle for game four. Game five back in Portland next Saturday. Always love to get those Saturday night home games. And I'd imagine this series is going five games at least. I just I don't see either of these teams winning it. Uh, you know, in, in four games in a sweeping fashion. So I imagine we will get that game five and then the series would wrap up with a Monday game in Seattle and then a Tuesday game seven, if necessary, back here in Portland. So kind of a, a wonky schedule. There's some stuff going on at the VMC. We'll talk with Nick Merrick about that in a moment and just how that planning process has been for them because this team for a couple of days figured they were making their bus trips to get ready to go up to Kamloops and play game one and game two on the road. Instead, you're playing Seattle and then you realize you can't play game one at home. So I'm sure there's been a lot of moving pieces by behind the scenes on their part of trying to figure this all out. But I'm just stoked that we get this matchup, that we now know the opponent in the second round of the playoffs, and it is going to be Portland and Seattle, and it all begins this weekend. So uh, James Stefan, again, a reminder coming up here in a few moments. We'll talk with him, get his thoughts. One of the just had an incredible year watching him skyrocket up the player rankings as the season has gone on on the prospect list has been a ton of fun, and he has really grown into a tremendous, tremendous hockey player who, again, is going to get his name called at the NHL draft this summer. Before we do that, though, let's get to our buddy, the play-by-play man of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick. Nick, what's going on, buddy? What have, what have the last couple of days been like of, I mean, waiting? And we all thought last week and we're talking it's going to be Kamloops. What the hell is Everett doing? And now we're playing Seattle in the second round. Andy, it's been a whirlwind, absolute whirlwind. Uh, I, I feel like about a week ago it was kind of all eyes on a potential Portland Kamloops series and prepping for that. And I kind of mentally had uh, an idea of what of what the – travel situation was going to be for the team that week if it was in fact the Blazers that the Winterhawks were to meet here in round two uh, but with that big upset kind of flipped everything upside down so now you get a, a rivalry series uh, coming up in round two and it's the 10th time the Winterhawks and the T-Birds well I guess uh, when they were formally named the Breakers mm-hmm. uh, but but Portland and Seattle played head-to-head in the postseason and because of the way that the new format is this year with the reseeding and that it's the by a Western Conference and not just a U.S. division rate, uh, seeding, it's actually the first time in, gosh, over, I think it's over 40 years officially now uh, that the Winterhawks and, and T-Birds haven't, haven't played, uh, you know, play outside of the first round of the WHL playoffs. So it's pretty exciting to see this chance for one of these two teams to be able to move on and, and uh compete for a Western Conference title uh, here in the next round. Obviously, one's going to move on, one won't, but 
just a terrific, terrific two weeks of coming up here for this best of seven series. It's going to be awesome. The, the history behind it is crazy. I mean, you mentioned the changing of the formatting, and now you can get this matchup in the second round. We're not used to that, but we have seen these teams play, you know, occasionally in the playoffs. Let's get to the thing I'm sure you have received a, a bunch of nice emails about. Uh, the game one situation, not being at home. You get game two and game three. So what's going on there, and how tough was that on your side to figure all that out of the home dates? I mean, I imagine that's a lot of moving pieces behind the scenes. It is hard because obviously when, when the when the schedule gets set for the WHL uh, during the summertime, you know, it, it's hard to plan for playoffs. Obviously, you know what programs are typically going to make it back to the playoffs, like the Winter Hawks here in their 11th consecutive postseason. Uh, but in that same regard, there's nothing on the calendar, there's nothing definite uh, when the schedule gets released. So other things that happen to get booked, and there's a graduation here. It's Lewis and Clark. They have a graduation on Saturday, which uh, – you know, hurt the VMC's availability for the Winter Hawks. And obviously this wouldn't even be a question if it was Kamloops in that second right. round because then it would have went normal where you'd be in Kamloops on Friday, Saturday, come back for what probably would have been a Tuesday, Wednesday game here against Kamloops that following week. And then everything moves forward in the 2-2-1-1-1 series. Um, but, of course, WHL is a little different. You have to be a little bit flexible, and teams are understanding, leagues understanding. We saw that in round one with Kamloops and Spokane. There's a good yeah. example, too, because I know the Spokane Chiefs didn't have their venue uh, at Spokane Arena because of a concert. So uh, they ended up working a 3-3-1 series, which is unfortunate for Spokane fans, I'm sure, because you know they only got one home game since they were swept in four games. Uh, but for the Winterhawks, it's, it's one of those situations where you're still going to have home ice. You still host games two, three, and five. So as long as there's not a sweep, you're still getting your three games, and then you're going to have game seven. So it's just a slight variation on it. Um, obviously, I'm sure Seattle fans, and they're right, they would enjoy having that Saturday home game. So it, you know, it helps them out in, in that regard. But then you get a Mother's Day game here in Portland on Sunday, which is going to be a lot of fun. There's plenty of parents coming to town from it from the team side. So I know the players will be playing with a little extra juice, as, as you'd expect in playoffs anyways. But playing in front of your loved ones always uh, kind of helps give you a little extra motivation to do well for them while they're cheering you on. Uh, and then, then you know, in theory, if you win that game on Saturday, you could put the team, the Winterhawks, in a decent mental spot. If you go up one nothing, winning game one in Seattle on Saturday, then all of a sudden you're coming back home for two days. You don't have to worry about travel until the following Friday. Um, so it's actually a pretty decent spot to be in. But, of course, it's still a tough task. And, you know, when you're trying to get your feet wet in the series and figure out what Seattle is going to play in the postseason like, uh, you know, if you can come away with a big win there in Seattle. And, of course, the easy note there is the Hawks have won eight of the last nine games against Seattle. So they really played well against the T-Birds during the regular season. But as we said during the previous ones, I love throwing out these stats because what's that <laughs> on our hand, you know, it's what, what we have available. But at the same regard, the T-Birds are 4-1 and one and the Winter Hawks are 4-0. and oh. So, you, you know, what happens in the regular season is kind of in the past and you could use it to build off of, but I'm sure that's going to be extra motivation in the T-Birds locker room to say, hey, we didn't have a great, you know, second half of the season against Portland. We could change things right now. Like, let's control game one. Uh, so I feel like these first two games I'm going to call of the series are going to be really, really key to seeing which team kind of gets the early edge. I mean, I, I love the perspective you have on, on it, buddy, because I thought the same way of, I mean, it's a bummer. You'd obviously rather have the Saturday game one at home, right? You, you've won home ice advantage over Seattle, and those are big late season matchups to get that home ice. But if you flip it, the perspective of if you're able to steal game one in Seattle and then know you get game two and game three in Portland, I mean, you got a chance to take yeah. a real stranglehold on this series. So there's a, and, and then even on the other side, you lose game one. It's not like you just lost home ice. You've got the next two games coming at home. 
So you got a chance to go win game two and game three and, and you kind of retake control of that series no matter how the first game goes, but there's a, a chance these first two are, are really important to your note. We talked about in the last episode, Nick, the the kind of trapping in the neutral zone that Prince George was doing, and, and I know the Hawks have said they're, they're focused on that in practice. Uh, what kind of scheme do you think Seattle's going to throw at them? I mean, these are two teams that obviously know each other very well for the amount of times they play in the regular season. It, it's exactly that. Honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what does happen with Seattle. Um, my best guess would, of course, going into the Prince George series, I'll be much the same. I figured it'd be more physical style. Uh, I think Seattle's going to do the same exact thing. I think Portland and Seattle are both going to play a little bit more physical. They're going to still play that nice checking game. Uh, but in the same regard, both teams have a little bit more skill uh, than, than Prince George and maybe even than Kelowna. Kelowna's a great, a great team, uh, but they, they just were like a half step below these top four teams in the Western Conference and Portland, Seattle, Everett, and, and Kamloops. So, I feel like it's going to be a little bit of the similar thing. There's going to be a lot of quick, quick moving pucks and uh, the winter Hawks, I'm sure are going to try to get their transition going again because they had so much success with it during the regular season against Seattle. And they're very good at attacking. Uh, so I, I feel like this is going to be a series that's going to bring a lot of goals, um, which will be good because I think that suits Portland a little better. I know it suits Seattle well. So this could be literally a, you know, fire versus fire uh, going into round two here, trying to, uh, you know, get the upper hand and see what's you know what it's going to take, and obviously you have to rely on big time defensive play. You're going to have to uh, rely on some good goaltending performances, which you know going into round two, you have to feel confident that the Winter Hawks might have the edge there with Gochi if he continues what he was doing after his marvelous round one, only allowing four goals in four games, uh, but. When you look at Seattle's side, they were tested a little bit more. They went to an overtime game. It's a 4-5 matchup for them in that first round. So in terms of the standings, those two teams are a little bit tighter. And honestly, they, they kind of went through that series with a breeze. I didn't know it was going to be that, that quick of a win there for Seattle. Right. So it kind of shows, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch any of those games live because the Winterhawks were playing them. So I just had to rely on the highlights in that series in particular. Um, but it just kind of shows you how good Seattle's been playing down the stretch. And I know just like Portland, they were kind of on the uptick. Like, I, I do feel like Everett was kind of plateauing where it seemed like they were just kind of not running through the motions, but they were just there. Like, they, they knew they had, the, they had the Western Conference locked up. They really didn't have a fight for anything because of the job they did early in the season. They were able to just kind of ride that out to a win. And it was a terrific year for Everett. But meanwhile, Portland and Seattle, they kept trying to chase them down, chase them down, chase them down. Then all of a sudden, Portland was just ahead of Seattle. Now Seattle's trying to catch Portland. So kind of being in that mentality the entire season if you're Portland and Seattle saying we got to catch we got to you know we got to play our A game every night we can't take a game off um, it's going to kind of set it up to that same mentality here in this best of seven series because now everything is exemplified and you have to you know you really got to act quick and if you go down one nothing you got to respond well the next day so it's going to be kind of fun to see this roller coaster that we're about to watch and um, I don't know playoff hockey man it's, it's exciting Andy I can't believe that you know, here, here I am, too, in year four and, and get the treat of seeing Portland and Seattle playing a playoff game. It's the first time these two have met in a series since 2015. So that in its own right will bring some fireworks. Oh, no doubt about that. It's funny you bring up the, the chasing something at the end of the season because I know Mike Johnston brought that up last time I talked to him where, you know, I asked about the difficulty in the schedule late in the year and is that tough because you're trying to chase down Everett and you want to hold on to the three seed. He loved it. He loved the challenge because it's hard to kind of flip that switch on and off. And it's funny that... 
You brought up Portland and Seattle who were chasing all the way to the final game of the regular season, basically. And they have these great first round, you know, wins and, and really steamroll their opponent. And then Everett, who, as you point out, kind of coasting a little bit, they were caught flat footed and, and they were upset in a, in a series result that I don't think many people saw. So clearly it benefited Portland and Seattle on that note. And, you know, Nick, we talked about the emotions in the last matchup against Prince George, mainly for Gauthier, but also for Portland, you're going against a former teammate. Like there's emotions involved in that. Now you're dealing with a rival. Like, is, is there any extra messaging you think from the staff? Like this is Seattle. This isn't, you know, Kamloops is one thing. It's like, oh, that's a good series. Second round, we're fired up and it's playoff hockey. You're taking on Seattle, man. There's a, there's a whole extra layer there of the rivalry that goes into it. I think it will be a different situation once the players are actually in the series. From a business perspective, uh, it's obviously best-case scenario. It's so easy to get the fan base excited about that rivalry game just because of you know the history the two programs have with one another. But kind of the vibe I've seen this week kind of in, in prepping for the second round with the Winterhawks in the locker room is they aren't – I don't know how to describe it. Like they, aren't too, they, they recognize it's a rivalry and they're excited for it. But it doesn't add any extra pressure to them. It doesn't add anything different. They're, they're pretty much saying, okay, well, we played them 13 times in the regular season, so, you know, this one's a little bit different in terms of the bigger stage, but that's about it. Like, you know, they're, they're looking at film the same way. It's not like they're doing anything different with their routines. Um, but, of course, I, I do feel like once you get in a game situation, if you actually beat Seattle, the Winter Hawks will probably feel a little better, you know, about, about a victory, just like Seattle would feel a little better about beating Portland in the playoffs. So you'll get a little bit more of that fuel once you're in the series, um, and that's kind of where that physicality side is going to come out. It's going to be interesting because you've got to keep your emotions in check. Uh, I feel like the Winter Hawks took a couple of – penalties they probably shouldn't have mm. um, you know, in round one. And, and that's something you can't do against a team like Seattle because they're very good on their power play, just like Portland. Same exact thing for Seattle. So once things get chippy, if you start getting these extra penalties after the whistles, that can really start tipping the series. And, and I know Mike Johnson was highlighting that with the team earlier in the week, was saying special teams play is going to be key. This is the you know, Winterhawks unit that he fully believes in, in both the power play lines and the penalty kill. Uh, you got to do your job, and you have to beat Seattle in special teams numbers to kind of win this series too. So I'm sure that'll be another thing that, you know, you and I and, and fans can keep an eye on for these first uh, weekend games and, and, and kind of see you as the upper hand and see if there's any correlation to a team winning the power play numbers and then winning games. No doubt about that. The, the funny part too, is when you play a team, you know, Prince George, you see what four times in the regular season, right? Or Kamloops, you see a couple of times. It's, there's not many secrets between teams like this. I mean, you see each other so often, I mean, Portland and Seattle felt like they were playing each other every week late in the year. And so you just kind of throw the kitchen sink at each other for, what, 13 games or whatever, 12 games during the regular right. season. It's like there's no hidden secrets. You know what we're going to try and do, and, and you know what we're, you know you, you know what they're going to do, and they know what you're going to do. And so now you just should, you know try to handle those emotions. As you mentioned, special teams can be a big part of it. I got to ask you, is Nick Merrick getting in on the cowboy hat trend? Am I going to see you in a cowboy hat this round? Oh, 100%. I was already rocking. Uh, I, I own two cowboy hats, and I had a boy for – uh, the two home games here, so it was nice. Had one, had one with my black suit, had one with my blue suit. So we're ready to go. We're going to keep that trend going. Obviously, it was working round one, uh, but it's it's funny too, Andy, because because off that, it's it's interesting that obviously these two teams know each other from the thirteen regular season meetings. But in the same regard, playoffs can be unpredictable, too. Yeah. So it's, it's always, I'm sure we'll look back at, at this discussion here before the series even begins, and I'll, I'll, I'll take a peek back and see how much was even truthful because <laughs> part of that, too, is I had an idea of what Prince George would do. I kind of figured they'd play a little bit more you know, physical style, uh, but I didn't realize they were going to go to a complete trap. You know, I, I didn't realize they were just going to say, 
let's play all defensive. Like, this is the only way we're going to do it against Portland, and we're going to stick to it for literally three straight games. Even though they didn't get the wins, uh, it's interesting. But obviously there, there's going to be some X factors, and uh, I do hope these two teams stay healthy too because that's what you want to see in the postseason is, yeah. is kind of the best you know, best unit going up against the other best unit. And from the sounds of it, it seemed like there was a flu bug going around in Seattle. And, uh, but I think they got, you know, they're clear to come back. And it seems like Portland players that were, uh, you know, banged up a little bit and missed a game or two, they're going to be back because of the nice break they had after a sweep. Um, so that's another good note to, to keep an eye on as well. And it's, it's so funny, though, how, how quick playoffs can really change just with a given series. Because here's a little story for the fans. Um, obviously when you're looking at it, you kind of assume that the higher seed would win, right? Like nobody expected Vancouver to beat Everett. Nobody's really surprised because of how well Vancouver was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard because you, you just kind of assume, okay, Everett's going to win, Camelot's going to win, Portland's going to win, Seattle's going to win, based on, you know, after two games of the series. Obviously, Everett, Vancouver's a little tighter. They were 2-2 at one point. Um, but, you know, you, you just kind of be like, okay, if the higher seed moves on, here's the situation. So once the two teams moved on, you're starting to work on the Kamloops series. Then all of a sudden it became, okay, teams going to leave on Wednesday. They're going to get up, you know, halfway to Kamloops. They're going to finish the drive to Kamloops. They're going to have practice schedule on Thursday. Like, they're, they're trying to mentally put everything together because, obviously, from a business perspective, you've got to get ahead of things. But it's funny how, like, this not, – not warfare, but, like, this mental game is just <laughs> going, you know, put everything in a blender because – Literally, you wake up on a Monday and you think, okay, if Everett you know, wins tonight, they're going to be up 3-2 in their series, and all of a sudden, pack your bags, we're leaving on Wednesday most likely for Kamloops. Then all of a sudden, Vancouver wins. Now it's like, well, now there's phone call discussions going on with Seattle and hold the brakes. Uh, you know, maybe if that game goes, to, you know, if that series goes to seven, then all of a sudden the team would have to come to the building and watch the games. So they can get on the bus right away. And, and you're thinking of all these scenarios, and it's like, wow. man, this is – this is crazy. Like it's, it's, it's mentally exhausting because you just think about all the things that are going to happen, all the different scenarios. So uh, now you're down to the final eight, and obviously the Winterhawks want to get back to the Western Conference final because uh, this is a team that kind of has something to prove, and they, and they want to – in a way, they kind of want to do it for the guys who are back. They've mentioned they, they want to have a, their redemption tour um, in terms of not being able to play in the postseason during that 1920 season when they won the Scotty Monroe Championship. So, you know – that's a little bit out the window now because now it's, it's, uh, you know, you're a series in, but there's mm-hmm. still a, a lot of fire in this team that wants to go forward and they have their sights set on, on series by series. They're not looking too far ahead, which is good. I try to tease them. I'm just like, you know, you're excited about playing, you know, at home on mother's day back here, but then it's like the, the, the tensions on Saturday, not Sunday. So they're, right. they're doing a good job. You when I'm just not meaning to, I'm just, you know, <laughs> talking to get excited and you could tell how focused in this team is and, and they're really playing the team game from, you know, helping each other out during practices and workouts and make sure they're on the same schedule and keeping their bodies conditioned and, and getting their rest. And it's it's crazy. It's just a different animal. It totally is. It's so funny how quickly things can change. And we've already seen that early on in the WHL playoffs. You, you mentioned something there, Nick, that I'm curious just to get your thoughts on. And this is the other funny part about playoff hockey is we can pinpoint a thing or two and then, you know, maybe you get a third liner or a fourth liner that scores a couple of goals and ends up being the difference and a guy that nobody saw coming. But you mentioned a couple of the X factors. Are there any matchups in this series that stand out more than others to you that you think, God, that outside of special teams that we know is always always important, a couple of matchups that you yep. maybe see on the outset swaying, swaying the outcome? Well, goalies are the easiest ones, obviously. So Milic and Gauthier will be the ones that immediately keep an eye on, see how they settle into the series, because obviously if one – goaltender gets into a groove that's going to help you 
Um, I feel like that's number one. I know one that I've always been mentioning is on Seattle's side with Lucas Vekovsky and the addition mm-hmm. they made to bring him in uh, before the deadline. That's going to be a key X factor because he has the most playoff experience on the ice of anyone going into this series. He made that run to the finals with Vancouver a few years back right before COVID hit. Uh, so he kind of knows what it takes to get to the championship series. Obviously, that's going to help you when you're in round two playing a rivalry game. The body starts to get a little, you know, a little tighter, I'm sure, and everyone's playing that 110% effort rather than maybe 99% effort. So, uh, you know, it takes a lot out of the tank, if you will, from the player's side, especially when you're playing every other night, what it feels like. So uh, I think that's going to be the next factor in terms of if his line's able to, to kind of generate anything. And both these teams are deep in their forward core. Yeah. So, it's interesting because you said the fourth line thing, and that's exactly what happened to Prince George. You get a fourth line goal with Luke Shelter, the eventual series clinching goal, uh, back up in, in Prince George just about a, what feels like two weeks ago now. I know it hasn't been that long, <laughs> but it feels like it's been that long. Uh, you know, so we're, I want to get back to seeing some live hockey and, and game situations. Uh, but then the same regard, you, you look at what Seattle did, and Matt Rempe scored their goal in overtime to force the next round. So uh, I think Rempe's probably been hovering between that second, third line role this season. Not as good of a year this year as he had last year statistically, uh, but obviously still a threat in many, many areas. So uh, kind of seeing if any of those lines get a better matchup. Like I feel like these are really comparable teams in terms of um, you know, there's a couple of really strong lines up top and then they're also deep. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think what, what I could say in terms of a player. I guess just the line combo. You can focus on that third line. Let's, yeah. let's, let's throw out that one out there because I feel like the top two lines will speak for themselves. They'll get the matchups. But we've seen Marcus Newman. We've seen Jack O'Brien get hot against Seattle. If that can continue in the playoffs, I think that'll help as well. It is funny. I mean, you mentioned Luke Shelter scoring the, the serious clinching goal for Portland. It's like, that's a name. I mean, he, Portland fans know how good he's been this year and how key he's been. But that's not a name you're highlighting, right, at the preview of that series. You're not saying, hey, Luke Shelter's got to have a big series for Portland to win. And then you look up in game right. four, and who's the guy scoring the series clinching goal? It's a guy that nobody talked about. And that's that's kind of the beauty of uh, a playoff hockey. Anything special going on? Obviously, Mother's Day is going to be the first home game of the series. Anything else kind of cool planned that you can give us a peek behind the curtain on for some of these home games? Yeah, Mother's Day with a big one, obviously. Hopefully we get a, a great amount of hockey moms uh, in the Portland area and honestly in Seattle as well to come down for that game. I think it's going to be a very exciting game too. You get a weekend home game again. Uh, it should be a fun one for a 5 p.m. start. And looking ahead, it's kind of hard to look ahead because it's you know you don't know what's guaranteed after right. the Sunday game and then that Wednesday home game on May 11th. Um, I think another thing to note too from the – uh, for the fans' perspective, is we always talk about you know these players will, will obviously play the Western Hockey League. You want them to win championships here and develop, uh, but in that same regard, you're also developing for the next level. So NHL scouts will probably be here in flurries this weekend, I would imagine. I'm sure that's one that's heavily circled because of the amount of central scouting players that just came out in today's NHL final uh, central scouting rankings. I saw uh, Kevin Korchinski on Seattle was, was ranked seventh as the North American skater wow. on that central scouting list, meaning he's pretty much going to be based on the rankings would be guaranteed a first round draft pick uh, by some club. And I would agree with that. I, I, there was no doubt I've seen the climb in Kevin Korchinski's game. And he's been a real treat to watch defensively here in the U S division. Uh, Reed Schaefer, Jordan Gustafson, two more that were ranked pretty high there for uh, for Seattle. And on Portland's side, there's the two guys that were on the midterm rankings are back on the final list. And they, uh, James Stefan went up about almost 50 spots in terms of him his climbing up the rankings. So uh, obviously we're just going to hear from him on this podcast. And he goes from in the 200s to about 157, I think is what his ranking was there for North American skaters. And over a 30-goal year was terrific, had about eight or nine multi-goal games. Mark Alster was a guy also who uh, really 
played terrific down the stretch. Yeah. He's been a terrific defensive defenseman, uh, but he's got to, he's starting to develop his two-way game. He's starting to put a couple pucks in the net, move it in the offensive zone. I think he's only going to get better with, with time here in Portland. So uh, in terms of what fans could expect, too, a lot of NHL players on the ice <laughs> this weekend, which is very exciting because I think there's already 12 coming in that are either signed or drafted by clubs between Portland and Seattle. And then if you add in those five players we just mentioned, uh, you probably add in about five or six more for next year. You're going to have probably close to 30 NHL, uh, you know, drafted players eventually when they, when, you know, when the draft years come in 2022 and 2023 on these rosters. So it's pretty cool to see that next future wave of talent really uh, kind of bolstering up these two rosters and, and going at it. And it's, it's almost a shame in a sense that you're seeing this in round two. Cause I think the perfect storybook ending would have been if, if Portland could have, somehow came out of the series against Camelot if that was an option that Seattle would have eventually played Everett and if they could have upset Everett and yet Portland Seattle with a chance to go to the championship on the line would have made this that much sweeter um, of a series but still it's going to be great like that that's what I'm kind of thinking of the series going to be it might be one of the better ones we see actually in the WHL no doubt about that it's funny on some of the TV broadcasts we highlighted that late in the season that those games are important for home ice potentially in a conference finals because again we all just assumed Everett was going to win that first round series and then here we are that didn't happen and now we're getting it in the second round and on on the note though too of all the NHL talent it's a great tease for why fans should get out and watch these games because not only is it playoff hockey and there's a rivalry involved great atmospheres, but you're seeing these guys who are going to be dominating at the next level uh, very soon. How fun is it? I don't know how much you get to watch because you've been busier in hell with this and planning all this behind the scenes, but even even for the Hurricanes, let's use them as, as an example. Nito in the se- uh, series he's having, Jarvis in the impact he's had. Like It's been fun to watch the Hawks already make an impact in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs here early on in the first week. It's outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. I know uh, Jarvis and Nito Riders scored two of the first goals of the uh, playoffs there for, for Carolina and Jarvis in his debut uh, Stanley Cup playoff debut scored the first goal for Carolina in the series. So what a moment that is for him. And, uh, you know, he, he mentioned too how he was able to reflect on where he was at the start of the season. Obviously, he didn't know if he was going to make Carolina. He wanted to. He clearly did. He put up 40 points this year in the NHL. And uh, now we get to cheer him on and, you know, Niederreiter on and Matt Dumba on in, yep. in Minnesota and Ryan Johansson on in Nashville. So it's exciting to have those alumni in the Stanley Cup playoffs he could root for. And, uh, you know, also many players in the AHL at the Calder Cup uh, championship as well going on. So, you know, that Portland to the pros angle is fully engaged. I think it's uh, very exciting to see that. And, and I do. Like every once in a while, especially when there's a weekday game, especially this past week when it's just preparation for the second round series. I got to watch a couple NHL games. It's fun. Like it, NHL is such a different brand of hockey, too, in the playoffs. It's very similar to what the WHL is in terms of everyone goes to the extra gear. And you start seeing some weird things there. Like there were some goaltending injuries and, right. and uh, you know, different, different changes in a couple of series already. So uh, things are very fluid in the NHL with, with some of those alumni, just like they are here. Um, yeah, man, I, it's, it's crazy that we're still uh, able to be on the phone here and chat a little hockey in May because honestly it's just a treat to be here no doubt about that you get emergency goaltenders coming in eating spicy pork between periods it's uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs can create storylines <laughs> that you never see coming and as can the WHL playoffs and I it, it's so fun man I one last note on this for me and you kind of pointed it out that it's an angle that I didn't really think about where Cam loops it's a bit of a drive right that's not an easy one to get up to but for this one for right. both the opposing fans I mean not only is it nice for the teams to have the shorter bus ride but for the fans I mean you get up to Seattle go to a game support the Hawks it's only a couple hours 
hours away. And same thing, vice versa for Seattle. I'm sure you're going to see some blue and green in the stands on Sunday and on Wednesday. And then, you know, next Saturday, if there's a game five. So it's kind of fun to have that added impact where when you're all the way in Prince George or you're all the way in Kamloops, probably not a lot of Winterhawk sweaters in the building, but I imagine there might be a few of them up there on Saturday. Without question. I already heard there's plenty of Hawks fans who are going to make that drive up to I-5 to uh, pick out game one on Saturday. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be exactly the exact same uh, with Seattle fans coming down to Portland for the Sunday and maybe even that Wednesday night game if they can't swing it. Uh, but it, it just comes back to what we were speaking about, too, with the rivalry and how not only dialed in the players are and how much they want to win against the other team. The reason rivalries are born are from the fan bases. Right. Fans kind of create rivalries a little bit more so than even players, I could argue. Uh, just from the standpoint of when you start seeing each other so often, you go to those games and you start getting frustrated. About, ah, that player on the other team always scores against us. I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Obviously, you know, it's usually because he's a really good player, but you get frustrated as a fan because it's like, oh, that one person's making my team lose. Um, you know, So that, that's what fuels the fans. I'm very excited to see what the – uh, you know, traveling situation is going to be because you bring up a terrific point there, Andy. I think that's uh, you know another one of those X factors in the postseason because yeah. it's going to be a loud, loud atmosphere in both these uh, rinks moving forward. And, and even for Hawks fans too, head over to the uh, a little team store. There might be a little cowboy action up Ooh. there, some kind of sort. So uh, we'll we'll just leave that one. But check out the VMC team store when you're here in person. It's only uh, in store right now, not online. So you got to be here, but I do. I did hear some rumblings. There's going to be a couple mm. playoff teams, maybe a little thing with some cowboy flavor up there. So. I love it, man. Uh, we're we're, we're <laughs> connecting back to the Buckaroos, right? We're going back to our roots here in Portland with the cowboy hats, man. It just fits. Well, I, look, this is going to be so fun. Round two. We'll catch up again next week. We'll see where the series is at. Obviously, game one up in Seattle. Game two back here, Mother's Day Sunday. Everybody get there, and there's a nice tease from Nick. Get, get to the arena on Sunday. Go check out the team store. Got a chance to pick up some special merch. Look forward to seeing you again in your cowboy hat for round two and uh, hey just have fun man this is so cool i, I bet you're uh, kind of on cloud nine right now getting a call not only playoff hockey but second round playoffs and against a bitter rival you can't ask for anything more than this thanks as always buddy giddy up andy giddy up indeed i hope all the hawks fans have their cowboy hats ready to go uh, for this second round matchup and uh, let's go from nick merrick to one of the better Hawks this season, James Stefan, who has really come on late and had a tremendous, tremendous season. 68 games played, 34 goals in those 68 games, 45 assists, 79 points over a point a game for James Stefan this season. James, thanks for the time, man. I'm sure uh, you guys are fired up knowing your opponent. We'll get to the Seattle matchup here in a moment. A whole bunch of stuff I want to touch on with you. Let's start, though. Let's just take a look back. You sweep Prince George in the first round. You get that win in four games. It had to feel great. You just talk me through that, what that series was like, and getting that first round win and knowing you're going on to round two. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, super exciting for our group. Uh, a lot of guys on our team have, have no playoff experience. Obviously, last year the the season was cut short, and then the year before uh, we didn't. the season was cut short again. Mm-hmm. So. So a lot of guys have uh, no playoff experience on our team. So I think it was super exciting. I mean, we have some guys that luckily that do have playoff experience that could help some of the guys that, uh, that don't and, and teach them uh, all about the playoffs. And then obviously everyone that and was uh, super excited and uh, um, obviously showed. I mean, we played really well. Uh, it's really nice to sweep. Obviously in the playoffs, you want to you wanna win, win early so you can get as much rest for the next round and and that's what we did. So I thought we played really well. 
Now, walk me behind the scenes here. If you guys get that that series sweep, you're the first one in the West to know you're going on in the second round. Like, what was it like waiting around for a couple of days trying to figure out who you're going to play in the second round? Because I feel like everybody would have had their money on it being Kamloops, and then obviously the upset happens in the Vancouver Everett series. What was that like, kind of waiting around to see who you're going to play in the second round? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, going, playing a lot of hockey right away, and then, and then kind of hitting the race, and then stopping for like a full week it was definitely weird uh but uh yeah i mean it's it's always good to get, to get rest bef- uh between rounds and then yeah i mean we, we were all thinking it was gonna be cam loops we we're kind of preparing for both but i think a lot of the guys were thinking it was gonna be cam loops and then obviously everyone saw that that uh it was a, it was a pretty cool uh comeback from from Cooper to the Everett. so so now we're getting for Seattle. I feel awesome. It'll be an awesome series. Yeah, I mean, what what are the emotions like going into that? I mean, we know how intense those games are in the regular season. It, I think it's I read the first time you guys have faced Seattle, like, and not the first round in quite some time. It's this is kind of a, an outlier for the history of the organization. What what are the emotions going to be like as you guys get ready to start round two against your bitter rivals from up north? Yeah, I mean, the emotions will be be super high. I mean, all season long, and ever since I can remember, we've been the biggest rivalry so so the emotions will definitely be high and I know I know there'll be a lot of fans at both games and it'll be a great atmosphere so I think everyone everyone in the series pumped to get started yeah it's, I know the atmospheres in both buildings are going to be great a bummer you guys can't start game one at home but I know those game two and game three crowds are going to be awesome now you and you and Gabe yeah. Clausen seem to be working really well together coming off of that series not only late in the season but especially in that playoff series against Prince George what is it about the kind of chemistry that you guys are cooking with right now and, and what that says about kind of the depth scoring that your team can bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, we've, me and Gabe have been playing together pretty much all season. He's a great player. Uh, he's pretty easy to play with. Um, I mean, he's great in his own zone, great on face offs. And he's obviously got a great offensive uh, play to his game. I mean, he can score goals. So uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been great to play with and uh, we've definitely built some chemistry over the year. How nice is that to be able to, to have a, a line mate for that long? Like, How much of a challenge is that for you when you get paired up with somebody or somebody's in and out of the lineup that you maybe haven't had a lot of ice time with throughout the course of the season? How nice is that just to build that chemistry with somebody throughout the course of the season? Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, when when you have the opportunity to play with someone for a long time, it, it definitely helps uh, building chemistry throughout the year. And obviously it's a little bit challenging when, when you haven't played with someone as much and then you get paired up with new line mates you gotta learn their kind of play style so it's been super nice to be with be with Gabe for for the whole season now I gotta ask so you guys at the end of the year against Everett you guys broke out the cowboy hats and that uh, a lot of fans were pretty fired up about that and we saw it continue in the first round now you guys sweet Prince George I imagine the cowboy hats are sticking around here in round two yeah yeah it was kind of an idea from from the older guys on our team that <laughs> they wanted to get cowboy hats for that last game and then not everyone got it and then uh and then it, we kind of made it mandatory for the playoffs that everyone gets cowboy hats for home games. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. <laughs> now you finished with the cowboy hats. They're clearly a good luck charm. Any other good, like, are you guys superstitious in the locker room? You win four in a row or you do like same routine pregame, same meal, same, uh, you know, pregame skate routine. Is, is there anything that's kind of continuing from round one to round two? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of different for every guy. I'm not, I'm not a very superstitious guy, but I know some of the guys in our locker room are really superstitious. I'd say the one thing is our uh, our songs that we play for our for our warm up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for our off ice warm up. We we kind of change that up every time we lose, and then if we have a streak and we keep winning, we play the same song. So that's probably the the one thing. Hey, keep the keep the playlist the same. I like that. You get whatever the mojo is. Yeah. You got You got to keep that rolling in yeah. the locker room, even if you're not superstitious. Um, what was it about? Yeah. You know, watching that Prince George series, it was amazing. Defensively, the way you guys played, obviously, Goats is going to get a lot of attention for going against his former team and playing the way that he did in that series. They were able to bottle you guys up a little bit offensively, which, I mean, it's a good place to be in where you can kind of nitpick a sweep of a series, right? Well, you didn't score a ton of goals. What was it about them defensively that they did? Was it you guys just maybe not hitting on some of your passes or some of your looks? Was it something that Prince George was doing? How do you, how have you guys kind of viewed watching the film of what the Cougars did to you defensively? Yeah, I mean, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, they I thought they played a good series. Um, I mean, we knew going in that it wasn't going to be easy. I mean, going into playoffs, I mean, any team can win. So, so we knew going in it wasn't going to be easy. And I thought they uh, they uh, put in a really good fight. I mean, they I thought they played really good defensively. They played a trap system. So, I think sometimes we struggle a little bit on that, but we made some tweaks to our game to to help us uh, succeed. And yeah, I thought they played a really good defensively game, which uh, which we had some trouble with a little bit. And uh, yeah, just like you said, I mean. Coach A has been awesome for us. I mean, you could see the whole series. He was making key timely saves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the whole year, I mean, he's been he's been unreal. And there's a reason he's the best goalie in, in the league. Well, and you mentioned earlier, James, how nice is it to have that that little break where you're done. You're the first team in the second round. you got some time to kind of rest up. But then on that note, how nice is it to have that extra practice time and ice time to analyze, all right, they were trapping us a little bit in the neutral zone. Clearly, we we need to work on that. How how nice was that for you guys this week to just kind of dive headfirst into schemes and what you want to do and working on that ice time and not having to work about you know worry about a game five or another sixteen hour bus trip back to Prince George. Yeah, exactly. I mean that was huge, especially against Prince George because of the travel. But just to finish up that series early and and get some time off to to practice and work on our game and and uh, once we figured out that we're playing Seattle to do some some video on them and and. Uh, learn how to play against them that's that's probably been the biggest thing for us well and then looking at that matchup james i mean they're they're a big team that you know you guys i know like to get out and skate and use your speed and they like to try and kind of uh, muddy it up a little bit and slow things down and play physical uh, what about the seattle matchup what do they do that that kind of stands out as you're preparing and putting the game plan together for the thunderbirds yeah obviously they they don't shy away from a physical game they they like to mix it up a little bit but i mean i think i think that we can play that kind of game too but also incorporate our speed and our skill and our games. So, yeah, it'll definitely be a great series. Yeah, you, you saw them a lot in the regular season, that's for sure. So you know what you're. It's not like it's a team you played three or four times. You saw them a lot uh, in the yeah. U.S. division. Now, did I hear? Is, is your dad in town for the playoff run? Yeah, I just came in town, and he's he's been watching all the plays. Hey, how was that having him in in town and in the stands? And, and does he give you? Any, do you guys talk after the games? Like, what's that correspondence like? Is he giving you tips? Is he breaking down film with you? Or is it just uh just there for support? Yeah, I mean, it's super nice. He. So you said he breaks down film for me and we watch video together. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's super nice having him here to be able to talk to him in between games after games, just to, just to get advice on what I need to do better or look good. So yeah, it's been super nice. Yeah. That's cool to have somebody in the stands. It's, it's not only supporting, but also with the hockey background to help you out in that, and that kind of stuff. Now, how do you, how do you feel like you look in a cowboy hat? Are you liking the look? Is it, does it fit your head? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm loving it. I, <laughs> uh, I grow my mustache and I, I dyed it. So, so look, it's a good, a good cowboy. 
Good luck in the second round, man. You guys, it was so fun to watch those atmospheres in game one and game two. You guys took care of business in game three and game four. I know the the, the VMC is going to be rocking for game two and game three. It's a bummer the game one won't be at home, but it's going to be awesome. Best of luck. Continued success. And, uh, hey, let's let's bring on another series win and get to the conference finals. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Nick Merrick, the play-by-play voice, and to James Stefan. It was great to catch up with him and get his thoughts on that win over Prince George and the emotions that are going into this matchup against Seattle here in round two. This team has done a great job of just kind of focusing on whatever is in front of them that next game. They're not looking too far ahead, as Nick has highlighted. That's been on display the entire season, and here we go. Round two, game one, Saturday night, game two on Sunday night. And it's funny that Nick brought something up there that I was going to touch on, and it's a great lesson, and it's why Mike Johnston is who he is as a head coach. But for those of you who have listened to the podcast, you remember that I caught up with him a few episodes ago well, though, I'd say about two weeks to go, maybe in the regular season as we were kind of getting ready and thinking about the playoffs and matchups and how this team was going to perform in the postseason. And he said something there that stood out and then Nick touched on it and it kind of sparked a, a reminder for me of when you get late in the season, you want to have something to play for. You want to be chasing something all the way to game 68. And in Portland's case, they had that. I mean, they were trying to chase down Everett for essentially the entire year. They were trying to fight off Seattle to hold on to that three seed when maybe they knew ah, number one in the West might be out of reach. And it really served them a, a great deal, I think, in that first round where they went in and they picked up right where they left off at the end of the regular season, playing great hockey, that playoff atmosphere, that playoff intensity. You could tell it was there at the end of the regular season and it translated again immediately to game one against Prince George and then followed through that entire series. So it's why Mike Johnson is who he is and has had all the success that he's had at this level of understanding those buttons to push for players and keeping that eye on the prize for the next game and always playing hard all the way to the end of the regular season. And both Portland and Seattle have done that and both these teams looked incredibly impressive and their opening round series. And now we get our first second round matchup between Portland and Seattle in a very, very long time. And the first time these two teams have played in the playoffs since going back to 2015. I know it's going to be an intense one for fans. The bragging rights that go in against your, your the fan base of your rival. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, I, I cannot wait to get this thing started. So again, a reminder for Hawks fans in case you need to see the schedule. Uh, game one, Saturday night up in Seattle. Game two back here Mother's Day on Sunday at 5 o'clock early puck drop and as Nick mentioned some special items in the team store so keep that in mind and then game three at home on Wednesday night and that game one I, I'm viewing it as a positive I know it's a bummer you play all year and you want to get game one on your home ice but to have the ability to go up and steal a game on the road in Seattle and then return with home ice and more home games in game two and game three it's a great shot to kind of flip the series and either way if you lose game one knowing the next two games are going to be at home it's a, it's a good feeling of comfort. It, it's a little different than if you lose game one at home ice and then all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball right out of the gate. Portland won't necessarily have that feeling if they are to lose game one and the positive of if you win game one and then get the next two games at home, they got a shot to take a stranglehold on this series. Uh, game four up in Seattle on Friday night. Game five, that's uh, May 13th. Game five back in Portland on Saturday, May 14th. And then uh, May 16th, Monday, is Game 6, if needed. And then Game 7 will be back here in Portland on Tuesday, May 17th. It is going to be a ton of fun. The WHL playoffs have already given us some surprises, some great performances, some really awesome outcomes, and great games. And I cannot wait to get this second-round matchup started. Portland and Seattle this weekend. That will do it for us. So we're going to plan on... Having a new episode out next week. Our target date probably is shooting for after game three. So we'll see how the first three games of this series go. We'll, we'll catch up with Nick, maybe a player, maybe get somebody from Seattle on to get their thoughts on how the first three games have, have gone in this series. I expect this is going to be a long series. 
between two teams that are playing good hockey and know each other very well. So, uh, again, keep an eye out for that. We, episode 17 coming out probably late next week uh, prior to Game 4 up in Seattle on Friday, May 13th. Thanks so much for tuning in to Episode 16 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. Go get those tickets, winterhawks.com. You can travel up to Seattle, watch the team play. I know there's a big contingent of Hawk fans that are planning on making that trip up, uh, especially for Game 1 on Saturday night. It's going to be a ton of fun. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Until next time, go Hawks. Can I help you? Looked at him and said, yes, you can. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.